Today's Issues continues on AFR. And welcome back to this Thursday edition of Today's Issues here on AFR. Fred Jackson here along with Dr. Ray Pritchard. And joining us now is Steve Jordahl. Steve, welcome. Good afternoon in the East Coast. Good morning uh, here in uh, Mississippi and uh, West. And good evening in the Soviet Union. Oh, sorry, Russia. There we go. <laughs> Around the world with Steve. There you go. And we could be listening. We have an app, you know. Yeah, that's right. We do. We do indeed. Now, um, off the top of the program today, we talked about the United States Supreme Court decision yep. uh, with regards to a challenge to a New York gun law that said, uh, you're welcome to have guns, but you got to keep it in the house. Uh, and if you want to take it outside the house, you got to come to us and give us a really good reason right. why you think you should be allowed to carry that gun outside the house. The United States Supreme Court said, wait a minute, uh, we have a Second Amendment in this country. It yep. was a decision written by Clarence Thomas uh, for six of the justices we have a Second Amendment, and there are no restrictions. Uh, you can't make up laws that infringe on the rights of individual to bear arms. Right. All right? Right. Now, uh, Steve, uh, we were talking just before we came back after the news that uh, Justice Alito had some interesting things to say. Okay, so the way that this works is when the Supreme Court writes a decision, all the justices who agree with it can sign on to the decisions. Those who don't agree with it write what's called a dissent. Yes. And in this particular case, Justice Breyer wrote a dissent. Mm. And in his dissent... He listed a long list of recent shootings. The you know this in in um, Buffalo and uh, Uvalde and all these different places. Well, this speaks to the court and specifically Justice Alito because he wrote what's called a concurrence. Yes, which means I agree and I'm going to respond to this dissent. Well, um, <laughs> you know the con- conventional wisdom in America is these. Shootings are terrible. We have to have gun control in order to take you. So if you if you support the Second Amendment, you're for killing people. Mm. I want you to listen to uh, I'm going to read a little bit of Justice Alito's concurrence where he talks about this list of shootings that Justice Breyer listed in his dissent. Listen to this. He says, why, for example, does the dissent think it is relevant to recount the mass shootings that have occurred in recent years? Does the dissent think that the laws like New York prevent or deter such atrocities? Will a person bent on carrying out a mass shooting be stopped if he knows that it's illegal to carry a handgun outside his home? And how does the dissent account for the fact that one of the mass shootings near the top of the list took place in Buffalo? The New York law at issue in this case obviously didn't stop that perpetrator. What is the relevance of statistics about the use of guns to commit suicide? Does the dissent think that a lot of people who possess guns in their homes will be stopped or deterred from shooting themselves if they can't lawfully take the gun outside? <laughs> Very good. Oh, I mean, Very wow. sharp and to the point. Ray, go ahead. Well, he's exactly right. Uh, the stuff that Breyer put in the dissent, it's a, it's a smokescreen to divert from the fact that the Second Amendment is in the Constitution. It's part of the Constitution that Americans have a right to keep and bear arms. And basically, the Supreme Court now has said, if you can bear arms legally in your own home, you ought to be able to bear arms legally outside your own home. It's a hugely important decision, and uh, kudos to Thomas and 
Alito for <laughs> answering the dissent. I think it's it's interesting that we are shamed as people who believe in the Second Amendment, uh, conservatives, if we don't buy into the uh, you know, gun control is going to solve gun violence. How yeah. backwards and Neanderthal can you be to not think that banning guns is going to stop anything? The logic doesn't go there, but it does feel good, and it sounds kind of right if you don't think too deeply about it. Well, um, Justice uh, Alito thought deeply about it yeah. and had a good response. Interesting decision. As we've mentioned already, we are still waiting on the Roe v. Wade decision. We are still waiting yeah. on the Coach Kennedy decision. Could come tomorrow or... They've First, added another the, – the, the last day so far on the calendar, they have tomorrow, and then they've added Friday, I, I understand. Friday is tomorrow. Uh, Friday is tomorrow. Okay. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where I'm at. It's been a long week. <laughs> All right, but you do but know – But do, if they don't – and they have some 13, uh, 10, 8, 9 decisions left to do, and so they'll probably go into the, into the following week. We're getting down to And it. I will give anybody listening – well, no, no, no. I'll give any of my co-hosts a buck. If they decide the, those, at least the abortion decision on anything other than the last day of their decisions, yeah, it'll as come they drive, it. yeah, I, I'm will. I'm, I'm not going to offer that to the millions listening, but I will offer it to either you, yeah. Ray, or you, Fred. All right, it's, it's <laughs> no, it's going to be, it's going to come on the last day, right? I yeah. just can't imagine they do anything right. different. They always do their last, their most controversial decisions on the last day. It's like they take a helicopter out of town, and as the <laughs> helicopter is floating up over the Supreme Court, they kind of dump the, the the decision out the right. Door and they fly away. It's, it's <laughs> trending that way. All right, uh, Steve, next story. Well, we had some breaking news today as well. Um, the Education Department has agreed to cancel student loans for about 200,000 people. And these are members of a class action suit they brought. And in is a settlement to the suit. It's called Sweet versus Cardona. The Education Department will immediately approve about $6 billion in debt forgiveness to, for about 200,000 borrowers. That's about $30,000 per, well, that's exactly, if it's 200000 it's $30,000 per student loan. Now, they brought this lawsuit against the Trump administration, but, of course, it was ported over to the Biden administration. And the, uh, the, the lawsuit was that the loan cancellations were being ignored. The, the application for loan cancellations were being ignored. Um, but it, it, basically, this is the student debt forgiveness. Yeah, Ray, I, I don't think the Biden administration has any problem with this whatsoever. This is part of their agenda. It is their belief that uh, education should be free for everyone. It's a. It's not a surprise, is it? Because the Biden administration has been pushing for forgiveness for all student loan debt, despite the fact nobody put... Nobody forced anybody to get a, to borrow money in order to go to college. It's a. I want to say, I want to say on one hand, it's a shocking decision, but uh, now, Steve, let me let me ask a clarifying question. Yes, sir. This is not total cancellation of all the student debt. Is it? It's only okay. It is. So it who, is in regard who? to a class action lawsuit. But the Biden administration, as we all know, has been wanting as several people, I should say, in the Democrat Party, the, the left wing of the Democrat Party, if there's such a mm -hmm. distinction, uh, the squad, et cetera, want all student loans canceled. Um, and it, they think that the, 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 the thinking, I guess, is that if you cancel the debt, it just kind of goes away. 
Right. And why don't we do that on National Day? You know, hey, we're just right. let's just, just say we don't have it. a debt. It's let's not just here cancel anymore. it, and right. nobody will have to pay, and you know, whatever. But no, it 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 this it has a lot of economic ramifications. Like that. That's for sure. And uh, as I say, the answer for Democrats. In most cases, throw money at throw money at the at the problem, and it'll all go away. But you know what, Ray? Here's the problem I have with this. Uh, most of us, probably most people listening, who have had junior college, university, uh, you had to pay the bill, right? At some point, and you know what? It it makes you appreciate the value of obtaining that. And my question, Ray, is this: When are these young people going to learn? that you have to work for something that has value. Well, I guess the message is <clears throat> you don't have to pay back a loan. If you wait long enough, the government's going to forgive it on your behalf. So you borrowed the money, and you never paid it back, and the government okayed that. I don't see how this is good for the economy or for the moral responsibility of the up-and-coming generation. So yeah. I, I borrowed money to go to school. Sure. And I paid it I paid a lot of money right. back. That's right. When do I get mine? Yeah. Uh don't hold your breath on that, Steve. No. Right. All right. Uh this is the fiftieth anniversary of Title Nine. It is. Today. You know, and the anniversaries uh have come and gone through the years, but Steve, uh there's there's something special right now about the the fiftieth anniversary. It is it is basically Title IX saying that uh, you know that equal attention ought to be paid to women's sports and men's sports, and uh, you can't be prejudiced against one side. And most conservatives have have agreed with that because we honor uh, the effort uh, that goes into whether it's a male sport or a women's sport. The effort that goes into these kids uh, who are trying to excel in whatever right. sport they're involved with, but now there's a wrinkle in all of this. You know, uh, yeah, everybody kind of is on board with Title IX as it was originally intended, which and it, some people would quarrel with little bits of it. It does say that you have to have an exact the same amount of, for example, scholarships for women as you do for men, even though the men's sports will bring in millions of millions of more dollars for a large school than us. Than the women's sports. That notwithstanding, it's a it's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Now, though, because we're in 2022 and uh, we everybody's redefining everything, the uh, the problem with Title IX by their reckoning is that it talks about gender, it talks about sex uh, discrimination, but we've redefined what that means. So mm-hmm. now, the uh, left and and I I don't know how they're going to if it's going to be via lawsuit or via whatever, but they want to include transgender rights or the ability for men to compete against women under this rubric of Title IX. Yeah, we have a reaction to this uh, push to include transgenderism in this from uh, ADF attorney, Alliance Defending Freedom attorney, Christina Kiefer, cut number five. Title IX has promised women so much a fair chance to compete, opportunities to excel at college, and skills that apply to all areas of life. But all of this is being threatened by the unscientific idea that a man can be a woman. Women's sports have been protected for 50 years in our country because we recognize, both as a matter of science and common sense, that males have inherent physical advantages over female athletes that make competition between them unfair and sometimes even unsafe. Yeah, 
Um, it's true. I want you to hear also, uh, you know, Coach uh, Tommy Tuberville, who's now a senator from Alabama. Uh, this is, of course, something he sp- he can speak well to because he was a college coach for a long time. And and I want you to listen to what he has to say. He is not in favor of changing the definition of gender and sex at all, much less with regard to Title IX, because it's already starting to ruin uh, women's sports. Listen to Cut 8. Secretary of Education and Joe Biden are getting ready to make a proposal to Title IX that we're going to change the definition of sex, not just male and female, but gender identity, meaning if you are a uh, male and you want to claim that you're a female, you can do that and you can compete against women. And if you don't allow that to happen, you're going to lose your federal funding. That's going to be their proposal. In the last few years, uh, transgender boys have won 22 championships against girls. That's wrong. 22 championships wow. against girls. I know, Ray, go ahead. Look, this is this is contrary to nature. Mm. It's contrary to common sense. You're born a boy. It doesn't matter how you self-identify. You're a boy till the till the day you die, right? You're male. You're you're that part of the human race. For the government, the Joe Biden administration, to turn common sense upside down. In the end, it is going to destroy women's sports. If you if you consistently allow men to cross over under the guise of self-identifying as a woman, surgery and hormones and all the rest of it notwithstanding, you are going to destroy the very thing Title IX was set up to protect, which is a flourishing women's sports program in America. It's insanity. You know, it's very interesting, guys. During the uh, the pandemic, uh, we were told over and over again uh, by the Biden administration, by Dr. Fauci, you have to follow the science. Mm-hmm. They're not following the science here. Not at all. And here's the other thing. Uh, Stephen, get your comments on this. We are heading into an election season. <laughs> Liberals, Democrat mom and dads. Have girls, have girls in in sports. Mm -hmm. Those mom and dads have invested time and money to have those girls develop in those sports, whether it's softball or whether it's swimming or whatever the case may be. How in the world does the Biden administration think this is going to be popular with Democrats? Well, it's a losing issue, not only with Democrats, but in general, it's a losing issue. And I've heard several people say if they focus on this, if they make this an election issue, it's just going to make deeper the hole that they're digging for themselves uh, in 2022 and 2024. But the the diehards, they are on board. I want you to listen. This is, you know, Megan Rapino is a homosexual soccer player, was on the women's soccer team for a long time, and she's totally all into the trans activist thing. She supports this. I want you to hear what she said because she's talking to girls and to parents. She says, your kid, parents... This is important. We need to support transgender people, the men competing with women, against women. Your kid's high school volleyball team just isn't that important, she mm. said. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's there's a message, Ray, for, for Democrat mom and dads. <clears throat> hey, listen, Republicans just need to take that, turn it into a campaign ad, and play it over and over again this fall. Because I'll guarantee you, the parents who have daughters on that volleyball team, they care a great deal about what happens in that on that team and in the matches those girls play in. My thought is that <laughs> I, 
uh, texted this out when I was looking at this, commenting on this as I came across it last night. Said, I guarantee you she would not have said that if she had to compete against boys when she was in high school or college. Um, On the other hand, there is the positive of that. If she had to have competed against boys in high school and college, no one would have ever heard of her because right now she'd be stocking shelves at Dollar General. She wouldn't have, you know, she would have been uh, outdone. Yes, absolutely. Steve, next story. All right. Uh, let me get my list here. Uh, let's talk. Uh, we we've talked about the, the the how bad the um, economy is getting, and we're talking about uh, inflation and the cost of food, the cost of everything. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I hope I'm wrong, but it doesn't look like I am. There is a diesel fuel shortage coming. Oh yeah, and mm. uh, it 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 is going to be uh, steep, and it's going to be expensive. If you think about it, it's not just the people who drive, you know, trucks, diesel trucks. Diesel pays for all the transportation that happens around. So if there's a shortage and trucks can't get out of the gas station, you're not going to get food in your grocery store. And the ones you do are going to cost a lot more. Yep. Um, let, I want you to hear, I had a conversation yesterday with Dan Kish, who's with the Institute for Energy Research. I asked him about this diesel uh, problem, the diesel shortage, and I want you to hear what he had to say, and I'm sorry to have to do this to you folks. Cut 10. Things are not looking good at all. There is a diesel shortage in some parts of the country, and it will probably spread. Unfortunately, Americans are going to be asked to pay for them unless something changes in Washington, frankly. Predictions that wholesale electricity prices will be doubling to tripling this summer. We've closed nuclear power plants. We've closed refineries. We've closed just about everything, uh, which may please the New York Times front page, uh, but doesn't please the customers who have to pay more for the things that they get. But guys, guys, Mm -hmm. you have got to understand, Ray, this is Vladimir (laughs) Putin's fault. Right. It's not Joe Biden's fault. It's Vladimir Putin's fault. Mm. That's not going to go, Fred, this fall. Mr. Biden, Mr. Biden may may toe that line, but Americans, above everything else, we vote our pocketbooks, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're when you see your electric bill going from 150 to 300 or 250 to 500, you're going to know this isn't because of Vladimir Putin. This is because of extreme mismanagement of the U.S. economy. In a sense, as we've talked about earlier, Fred, this is this is the result of a whole series of bad policy decisions by this White House. Americans are going to fight back when they go to the polls this fall. Well, Steve, you weren't here earlier, but Biden's answer to all of this, offshore windmills. Oh, really? That That's that's <laughs> the answer, offshore windmills. Well, I, okay, so I know that windmills have been criticized because they catch birds and they, they're very unfriendly for the environment. Maybe offshore, offshore it's only going to be the flying fish that are hurt or... <laughs> Yeah, and those windmills in the North Atlantic, know what else happens to them? Oh, ice. Yeah. Ice Man. on them. Yeah. So, yeah. It is, yeah. We are so far away from any kind of viable um, clean energy, as they call it, uh, future where we don't have to rely on fossil fuels. First of all, I was reading someplace that if we opened up the Anwar, um, there is enough Anwar uh, to to give us t- was it ten times the amount of oil that we're importing from yeah. Russia? Right, some fantastic. It's figure just, like we that. have more. We have enough 
fossil fuel in this country, in this world, but in this country, to last for hundreds of years. And they have made it to the point where it's really not that it's fairly clean. Yes. Coal is clean to burn. When I was in L.A., I lived in LA, Los Angeles uh, in the in the um, 80s. I went to school down there. Early 80s. And I mean, there were t- days where, I remember when I was visiting my grandparents in the 70s, too, there were days where the smog was so bad. Sure. I, as a kid, I couldn't go out without wheezing. It was just awful. Well, that's dirty. That's air pollution that needs to be taken care of. It's, by the way, not carbon that's the problem, but it is, you know, pollutants. And they did. They they put things in place so that Los Angeles doesn't generally get that way anymore. They've cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. And so fossil fuels can be clean. They can be safe. Mm-hmm. And they are more than abundant. Yes. And so the need to do this is it's just not a need. Yeah. Well, again, uh, this this is not a winning issue for the Democrats this fall, uh, but they just seemed uh, so headstrong, so dedicated to this whole Green Deal thing uh, that they're willing to jeopardize uh, their election results this fall. Yeah, are you, are you going to be the one to tell them that? I think they should just keep going down this path. Don't stop. <laughs> I keep don't going. have to. I don't have to tell them because Ray, all the polls are right. telling them. I, right. I'm just not under. You know, Joe Biden gets upset. Yeah, I understand there were stories in the last few weeks that he's upset with his staff that hmm. they're not out there. And, you know, he's upset and he gets nasty with reporters when they ask just kind of obvious questions about these things. You know, he says, oh, you're a Republican. That, that sounds like a Republican. Well, I'm sorry. You know, he may have that kind of attitude, but, you know, uh, that doesn't help the attitude of the voters at the poll this fall. When you take your SUV to the to the gas station and it's going to cost you 125 or 150 dollars to fill up you are going to remember that when you walk into the ballot place or to the polling place and cast your ballot in november you're just going to remember that americans vote their pocketbooks above everything else it's the economy stupid yes That's all right. right just have about 90 seconds well let's stage. just uh, go back to then our favorite fake news uh, source um the news <laughs> that as they say the babylon b says fake news you can trust um uh, we have uh just a reminder for you all folks if you read half of your bible today at lunch you can catch up on your year-long reading plan <laughs> so you ever, how long have do you read through the bible in a year ray um about have that Mar- marlene and i've been doing this ever since the start of the pandemic and a little bit more than a year but not much we do three or four chapters a day and uh basically get there close so how many times as a pastor uh, that's over 30 how many times have you read through the bible in your life many times and i i don't you know i would when you ask me the question i'm kind of getting a little scared here to throw a number out because i'm not really sure but you don't have to but here's my question to you and you as well fred after all those times reading through it, do you still get something new out of it? Absolutely. How every is day. that possible? Every, every single day. That's amazing. I mean, I know that's true. It's true. Yeah. I've read a lot of books multiple times, and no other book do I learn something completely new and revolutionary anytime I pick right. it up. Well, the right. Holy Spirit just takes you and says, okay, today I want you to pick up on this. You may have read it a hundred right. times before, but here's something new for you because we serve a God who loves us and loves to reveal himself to us a new every day. Guys, thanks very much. Uh, Ray Pritchard there in Kansas City, KC. 
Good okay. to be ha- having you with us. And Great uh, to be with you, Fred. Thanks. Now you're going to be away next week, right? Right. In Oregon. In Oregon. Really? Yeah, teaching the Bible there. Yes. Ray has At the his, Cove? He has this amazing ability. At, at Cannon Beach. Cannon Beach. The, yep. Cannon Beach, yeah. To go to places that are really weather-friendly. Got to go. Got to take one for the team next week at Cannon <laughs> Beach, Oregon. <laughs> all right. Steve, good to have you with us. My and pleasure. We'll all be back again uh, real soon. Take care of yourselves. Keep listening to American Family Radio.